Hi, this is Charlie Goodchild and Andrew Goodall, and you're listening to the Health Space Podcast. This is the podcast where we dive deep into health-related questions and topical issues relevant to us all. The world of health and medicine is messy, full of contrasting opinions and misleading advice. We'll challenge the myths and common misconceptions by exploring the evidence, speaking to leading experts along the way. We are physiotherapists, have been friends since university and share the same belief that everyone deserves the opportunity to access high quality, up-to-date health information. When it comes to health, we believe that better never ends. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Manny Avola. In this episode, we dive deeper into the issues surrounding race and health. We talk about COVID and why race seems to be a predictor of mortality and also the hesitancy surrounding the COVID vaccine in certain ethnicities. We also find out from Manny what he's doing and what he hopes to achieve in his role with Cultural Health Club to support the communities that seem to find it hardest to follow good health advice. If you haven't yet heard part one, make sure you listen to that one too. It's got loads of great information on there. Uh, Manny really is an excellent speaker, really passionate in this field. That's enough from me. Let's hear from the man himself. We've danced around this question a little bit already, but let's go into a bit more detail. Why does discrimination have an impact on our health? You know, we're talking about um, health a lot today and, and race and, and discrimination. What, why does it have an impact? So the World Health, health Organization talks about um, health literacy. And I think health literacy is rooted within public health. Now, we know that public health is determined by um, services that you can access, but also how you access those services. And I think we think of health as just well i think sometimes the general public thinks of health as just like you will eat the right foods do the right amount of exercise um and 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 go to hospital when you need it but health is as we know is a preventative needs needs prevention rather than just um, maintenance when you're you're unwell and we know there's preventative measures that that you can implement so the the reason why we have such from my perspective health disparities and discrimination is because there's a, there's a huge challenge to understand to understand that the, sometimes the patient that's sitting in front of you and that become that comes from again that that kind of quote you don't know what you don't know but also do you actually want to know i think that's probably one thing i would i would i would suggest and say we we've seen 2018 books discussing pain and generalizing patients into in Asian South Asian patients and African patients experience pain in an exaggerated manner you know this is a medical textbook that actually stated that so if a medical textbook is generalizing people to that extent how do we think students will react when they read that they're not going to think I need to look at this even further unless they are African or Asian, South Asian. So I think for me, it's, it's the understanding that's, that's the biggest issue of, of, of kind of that health discrimination. And I think there's also an element where communities do not trust services at times. And the NHS is, is, is sometimes 
within communities, it can get a bad rap. And I think personally, there has been bad experiences which then go round within the community and they're discussed within the community. And that can leave people feeling trust is a, is a big issue. You know, why would we, would we visit these communities if, why would we visit these services if, um, you know, if we're going to be treated and, and not, not kind of taken seriously? Uh, for instance, my experience with my ankle fracture, that did leave a sour taste in my mouth. And, you know, you, you kind of have that negative experience and that can leave you feeling like, well, I'm going to try and manage my health the best way I can. But public health isn't optimum in, in, in minority countries. So you're managing your health with the information you have, which may be from your community rather than modern research that has been validated so i think there's there's a part where reputation of certain services can get a bad rap there's a part where communities can use evidence and science that is is you know more traditional it's based on on people's experiences but i think that that science and and, and the the kind of traditional medicine that's for a generation and population who are living within the countries that we're talking about. So the sun's better, so they get more vitamin D, you know, they're probably doing more activity because there's not as, transport's not as easy. So they're actually healthier in, within the countries that they're receiving this traditional medicine or evidence. So then they come to the UK and it's like, oh, I'll go and have some fast food because I've never had it before. And then I enjoy it. and they're having a lot more fast food they're having a lot more sugary meals and sugary drinks in their diet and that traditional medicine or traditional aspects of the way that the, the information is provided it's not suitable for being in the western society so that's what i would also say in terms of i don't think it's just one-way traffic i think communities also have to do more and that's what cultural health club want to do we want to talk about modern evidence and science and just be like look this is this is how much sugar you really should be having like and this is how much sugar is in this drink and that needs to be in different languages it can't just be in english unfortunately because people don't speak just english um it's important we do that and i would also say like in the 1980s i was born in 86 and in the 1980s in america they were still trialing syphilis on black people to see what the cure was communities have got no trust in unfortunately certain groups because you've got like historical experiences and historical things happening all the time sailing them like well they're going to trial it on me like they're going to you know drogba had to come out and say well you know a french minister wanted to try um the covid vaccine in in, in ivory coast i think it was and drogba was like no you cannot trial things and test things in africa and i think it's it's important for us to recognize there's a lot of things that come from real actual events that have happened that make people not want they, you know there isn't people just not wanting to trust for no reason it's there's there are deep-rooted events and i would say that it all depends on how much you want to read up, up about this because i've got a black friend who doesn't agree with most of what i say so you know she's like very happy with everything and never argues and feels that maybe i i should not be as vocal and my arguments um, should be more towards 
explaining that communities need to do more but i wouldn't say that i would i would say that i feel like it's both sides have a role to play we know health literacy you can give people information you can tell them everything they need but they still have to implement that so your health literacy is actually dependent on how well you implement things rather than just how much you know because more information doesn't mean better the information is only as good as how well you implement it so we've seen that and we know that as physios i was just going to add something about the sort of covid vaccine i read a small piece i can't remember what it was in now but it was just saying about the the, the countries where the the vaccine had been trials and it was like um mentioned brazil just for an example and then kind of the next the next uh sentence was you know although the vaccine was trialed here they're probably not going to get much access to the vaccine. And, and I guess that's kind of kind of comes along with it a little bit. And I suppose that's some of that's to do with finance and, and the way governments work and on lots of complex matters, but that creates that element of doubt as well, or that trust that you're talking about, you know, you, you're almost a, a test subject because these things need to be ready to go for the, the Western society as such. And we sort of test it there and bring it back and whatnot. And I found, I found what you're saying actually, really interesting because i hadn't necessarily thought about that kind of trust element that would come to that i'd obviously thought that that was completely um ridiculous but not necessarily on on, down that line so okay so we spoke a little bit about discrimination what what about the difference between sort of equity and equality we've again we've sort of spoke a little bit about this but it'd be nice to talk kind of directly about those the differences between the two and and why it matters sure i mean I think the context of um, Brazil is probably a good way to go. So we talk about equality as like everybody's equal. So you all start on the same start line. But Brazil now are not going to start on the same start line because they're not going to receive that vaccine. So what that means is if the, if the world could give them some equity, it would be like the treatment approaches that we've been using. So the antibiotics or steroids or whatever they've been using to manage COVID would be given to Brazil because they can't give them the vaccine. They can't give them the equality because they're saying we don't have enough to, to give you because we've taken orders from the UK and USA. But a way they could help Brazil in the interim would be like, okay, so let's order you some of the things that help support you while we're, because we know you're a poor country. Brazil are struggling economically so let's say let's give them to you let's not charge you and give you a certain amount of of medicine so that you can manage the covid cases so that's the equity so what what we need to understand is that not everybody starts on the same start line and if you come from a two-parent household if you come from a household where your parents own their home if you come from an household where your parents own two homes, if you come from a household uh, where your parents have stayed married for the whole time you've been alive, all of these things have a real effect on how well you do within society. If you come from a household where you never had to have a job, you know, you always got pocket money, you never had to pay for your university, all those things are are basically your way of of starting further ahead on the start line. And that's what people need to, to be aware of. The biggest problem is, is that if I give you something, you're gonna feel like I've, I'm gonna feel like I've lost, right? 
why should I give you something? Now, what people need to understand is you're not giving up like the whole world. Like no one's asking you to give somebody a job for no reason. It's the same way Eddie Robinson suggested that I should be provided a, a, an interview at Charles Smith's Hospital. But I still had to go to the interview. I couldn't just not turn up and say, yeah, so I've still got the job, right? I still had to go to the interview. I still had to be there on time. I still had to go through the interview process. I still had to week on week, month on month, still demonstrate that I could do the job, demonstrate I could meet the requirements of my role as a physiotherapist. But if Eddie didn't say, I think Manny should, should come back for an interview, I think he's good. I don't think I would have got a job in a central London hospital, probably, maybe. I don't know. But this is equity that Eddie provided. Eddie provided some equity so that I could start on the start line with him because he was a band five at that time. That's what allies do. That's what people who understand. And, and some people may not understand that you're having challenges, but some people will be very positive about their experiences and with you as a person but also they're just supportive and they don't they don't really have that competitiveness about ways to to provide help for people and I think that's you know there's a word called altruism where you know you provide support without wanting or help and, and give somebody something without wanting anything back we don't really understand it I don't think in western world because capitalism is about how much can you do how much can you consume and somebody's not going to have as much as you and that can sometimes feel difficult for people to digest but equity is essential for everybody like anybody who's got to where they've got to they have had equity like somebody's given them some sort of help like and we call it and actually sometimes some of the most elite people do it really well um because they do it they do it not in an altruistic way because they want something back but they do do it in a way that actually they keep that circle so tightly closed that it's very hard to actually break through there and I feel sometimes we probably sometimes need to understand that yeah we can we can give without having a feeling of like oh well how much am I giving what am I going to have to sacrifice yeah I, th I think you're, you're almost talking about it like a, the difference between it being transactional, wanting something yeah. tangible back, and the difference between the altruism being just because you want to do a good thing and to do a good deed for a friend and or someone you trust or respect. And, and, and I guess genuine altruism is is extremely rare, and I think it's even known as a medical condition uh, somewhere. But but it, it can be it can be considered as just something that gives you a good feeling back. Now that's what a lot of charity is about is you give to charity because it makes you feel good because it, feel, make, it makes you feel like you're doing something good for other people. So there is a, a reward for that. That should be what we, we should be promoting is that ability to be, uh, to provide equity because it, it you know, it, help, it makes us feel like society is in a good place. And, you know, if I, if I give you an opportunity, then that would make me feel good to say, well, I'm being fair to that person and offering them something they didn't have before. I wouldn't necessarily expect a, a transactional gain to that. It's just uh, a different type of an intrinsic reward for that, isn't it? Uh, I think there's also a bit of scarcity mindset. Tell me more. Scarcity mindset. So yeah. scarcity, people people tend to, to feel like 
you know, resources are low, there's not enough for me, so why should I give to you? And I think yeah. that's bred within certain societies. And I think that sometimes has a big influence on the way yeah. they act. Yeah, I, th I think, yeah, you're exactly right. When when people feel like if I give to you, then will I lose my out in, as an individual, will I then lose myself? So, yeah, um, uh, and really that's probably a lot of the reason why some people are quite selfish with what they have. Let's, let's maybe focus on healthcare recruitment in particular, but how else could um, we create more equity in healthcare, make, make it a fairer way of recruiting healthcare? So I've been working with some people in Canada, um, talking about what happens in some medical courses and how people are provided equity to apply for medicine. And certain things happen on these courses. And it, this, is, this has been trialed and it works. And they, had, they went from two, two candidates to apply for medicine to eight in a year. Um, so uh, they have summer, summer camps where they do application. They go through the application process. They run you through some introduction and modules and basically just give you prep work. And I'd say one thing that I, I know and have experienced is that when you are physiotherapy, where do you go and get your work experience? Now, obviously, due to, due to the pandemic, all the hospitals are, are, are finding it really challenging to give anybody work experience. And what I would say is that physiotherapy in the UK has to be better at providing support to to minority groups and giving them giving them an understanding that they're valued and like their perspective is important and i know that we can do that through academies through sort of talent you know talent awareness talent spotting things like that are important and i think we can we can definitely help develop the next generation and when you don't have when you don't have any equity, what happens, I, I feel generally, is you have lack of confidence. So I think a lot of minority physiotherapists, especially ones in the cultural health club, they find it really hard to have, you know, to, to kind of speak up about anything. I guess it was me before, like last year, you know, I, I just spent my time focusing so hard on my career and where I wanted it to go. But actually, you have to demonstrate that. That's not so easy when you might come from a one parent home and your biggest concern might be along with your career and your job is like, how much income can I provide to support my parent? Or I'm just exhausted because I've got stress because my parents like under a disciplinary because unfortunately black people will go under, um, will have disciplinary action taken against them four times more than, than white people. And they're four times more likely to be sacked. So, you know, you've got a lot of other social issues that can prevent people from wanting to demonstrate their skills. But we have to provide environments and ways that people can demonstrate their skills. But, but you can't do it in a way where you kind of ask them, because I don't think that's working. You can't just be like, we've got a call for like eight people to do this course. Would you like to do it? We have to be like, you need to do this course because we think you're good. That's what we need to do because I think you're like we're, we're, we're kind of getting to a point now where it's hard to be accepted when I don't know I think people find it really hard to be accepted in physio I've spoken to quite a few physios students and they say although everybody's nice and they, they have a chat there's they just feel uncomfortable in the environment 
so so actually the the equity is not just in opportunity it's in confidence you're providing them with some kind of confidence boost by saying you're good enough you need to go for this so it's not just saying hey there's this opportunity here what what do you think you're saying there's an opportunity and you should go for it because you're good enough it's it's twofold isn't it yeah yeah 100 percent. and i guess my example from my professional career was going on placement with you charlie like when i went on placement with you i think i was probably I was okay. I didn't think I was like lacking confidence, but there were certain conversations we had where you're like, yep, that's cool. You're good enough. Just go away, do that. And you gave me like autonomy. Whereas I think a lot of other placements, it was like, well, can you walk with me? Or like, it was a bit more, I thought it was quite derogatory in terms of like the way I was treated. Whereas I thought like when I was on placement with you, it was, it was like, well, this is what we need to do. How are we going to do it? Uh, this is your caseload can you manage that and there were adult conversations and a little bit more empowering and I feel that physiotherapy at times especially within certain demographics and certain environments it's not very empowering I I remember one environment at Chelsea where the whole time on placement I would just be getting not well I wasn't on placement sorry I was actually working but the whole time I was working, I'd just be getting bombarded with questions, like as if I was apparently arrogant and too cocky and just speaking to the nurses and basically being joyful and black. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, why did this person just want to create aggravation with me? And, you know, I was like, in my mind, I was like, don't, don't be that guy. You know, don't be the angry black man because that's what literally goes on in my mind a lot of the time it's like don't be the guy they think or expect you to be because then you'll get into disciplinary and then it's very hard for you to go back because you're now this person they're portraying and you can't move from that and this is the problem like you've got the media telling people that if a black player or a black man does something he's a criminal but if there's, you know, if there's a if there's a different type of person doing the same thing, it's okay, and that feeds into what, you know, what's going on in in the wider world. In my opinion, I've gone off on a tangent there a little bit, but you know, it's it's about I think for me, physiotherapy, we need to be proactive, empower minority people to to really go for it, and I think we'll have a lot of fun. That is what you're. That's what you're doing, um, which is really nice to see and, and and hopefully lots of people will kind of come on board and there'll be more hopefully you inspire others to kind of build on what cultural health club is going to do and there'll be more uh, organizations that kind of are, are similar uh, i'm only going to raise one point and then we'll move on to the what, where i think we need to go with this but i think physiotherapy can learn a bit from from sport um, you know, you get these programs where, you know, you're, you're tall enough, you're fit enough, you're fast enough, you've got the skills or whatever, you should do high jump for just as I've plugged that out of the air. But, you know, physio can learn from that sort of talent identification. But I, I think harping on what we've already said, we need to make sure that that accesses each in the, like minority groups in a way that actually appeals to them and, you know, hopefully by people that they can you know, that are from similar groups to them as well, because I think I've heard you talk about this kind of attainment theory or, you know, seeing someone above you doing something that you might like to do almost empowers you or gives you that confidence to kind of go forth and do, do that as such. So 
uh, I think physio can can learn a lot and it needs to it needs to keep uh, moving forwards and taking the inspiration. I do want to bring it on to COVID though, um, if that's all right. I think most of us read uh, this and you can correct me, uh, absolutely correct me if I'm wrong, but we see that, or I've seen that death rates appear to be higher in minority groups or Bame cultures as such. Why? Why is this? And, and is that true actually? So I think the numbers have gone from like four times more likely to 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 kind of um, be affected by COVID to twice as likely. So there's it's multifactorial. The friend I was talking to you about earlier, she sent some information about vitamin D, and there were some really poignant and powerful studies of people having high dosage bolus vitamin D in intensive care, and that definitely improved their symptoms and their their kind of um, survival rate so we know that being darker skin can affect the absorption of vitamin d um, but the the other thing is vitamin d alone is not the issue because you don't you also need the transport and you need the diet you need lots of different things you know i think we have to recognize that it's just it's, it's not as easy as saying it's just vitamin D or it's not as easy as saying comorbidities or it's not as easy as saying racial discrimination. It's not as easy as just saying that one thing. Um, I think it's multifactorial. I think there's an element of comorbidities does not pre, you know, it's going to put you, as we said, if you're in a race, it's going to put you behind. As soon as you have those comorbidities, it's going to put you behind. Exposure is so crucial. Like, the amount of exposure people are having, I think is going to be a huge problem. And the one thing that I would say is that doctors returning to, to, to the NHS from minority groups were put on the front line because that's where they were needed. There, was, there wasn't really done a risk assessment done. So the first 40 doctors, I think it was 80% of them were, were from BAME communities. So there wasn't a risk assessment done. So there's some major failings there. And I'd say that where they put in those positions because of their race, what I feel is that consultants generally, from my understanding and from some of the things that I've read, it, it can be challenging to become a consultant. You know, consultants stay in their roles for very long time, very, very long periods, similar to physiotherapists at band 8A or B, you know, they'll stay stay in their, their role for very long periods and I think that can definitely have a problem because if you're never getting to a point where you're um, not being exposed not being on the you know not having that that kind of constant work on the wards then that's going to affect you so I think it's multifactorial I think racial discrimination does have a large impact on on this but there's also an element where from the community aspect as Cultural Health Club wants to, to kind of discuss that we do need to think about where the health literacy, where as, as a community, how can we be proactive uh, rather than reactive and culturally changing some thought processes around that. Yeah, one of the, but, one, one of the things I read um, was around the, the vaccine, that the confidence in the vaccine um, in total was around, I think, 76%. Uh, and but in BAME cultures, it was 57%. The, the likelihood of someone not being confident 
is is higher in those BAME cultures, which if if what I'm listening to you to you talk about suggests the the lack of confidence, lack of trust, lack of health literacy as well. But the interesting part of that 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 bit of, little bit of research was that they said 35% of the people who wouldn't have a vaccine are likely to change if they had more information available to them. Whereas in the in, in the white category, only 18% said they would change. So the reasons that people wouldn't take the vaccine are different depending on their their background, depending on their minority, their, their their ethnicity. So I think that, that that speaks to exactly what you're saying is that if we can improve the health literacy, we probably then start to to become closer to a level playing field on those sorts of issues. I also think community information, like where you, where communities get their information from. So there's a lot of like broadcast WhatsApp and messages in a lot of communities. There's a lot of kind of like a lack of um, understanding of how maybe scientific studies are done. We've got, we've got to understand that also like the people who are within roles, really large influential roles within healthcare are probably not the people that communities, BAME communities look up to. And that's a big issue for me. So people who are creating healthcare provision have no idea how the communities actually process and understand healthcare. And that's always something that, you know, a lot of people are trying to change by bringing in stakeholders. But if you have a healthcare professional who is from that community, I think you will definitely change the way people think about healthcare. Because if they're like, oh, this person is, you know, he's my uncle's cousin or something, and, and they're, they're, they're kind of being at the head of provisioning healthcare, it gives people confidence and i think that's the the big thing that i think if we can change the the decision makers in healthcare and diversify that i think that will definitely change the way people understand and feel about healthcare and and that's important so tell us a bit more about your future projects because i i know from our previous conversations that you you're really passionate about that, that particular issue, the, the access of community healthcare, uh, of healthcare in the community. So tell us a bit more about what you hope to do in the future. So yeah, I think our aim really is to, 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 to kind of collaborate and provide a service within um, places of worship, because we know that if we can implement ourselves within a lifestyle, rather than trying to create time within people's lives, if we can create it within a certain lifestyle that is already you know, people are already adhering to, then we know it's a win and we can start to challenge uh, these processes. We, we had a provisional discussion with the church last year that has churches in all over the UK, but also in um, the US. And we, we discussed doing a digital, digital health literacy project and, and program. So yeah, I think that's going to be really important. And we want to take the information in different languages, uh, a few videos that we've created and then roll out into activity within the same time at, and, and, and over like a 12 to 14 week period. And that's going to be essential. And um, I mean, even in that, that meeting, I had that provisional meeting with the church. One of the ladies was so dubious. She was like, so are we your guinea pigs? You know, are you trialing this on us? And this is for videos. Bear in mind, I'm a black man as well. And this is for videos, which are going to take 20 minutes over 14 weeks and an exercise class for the last like four weeks and you know this is all over zoom 
and she was like are we your guinea pigs so that's the kind of level of like kind of like trust challenge and lack of trust and 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 the, the kind of the barriers yeah, I suppose. barriers yeah and then the other thing we really want to do is which i'm gonna hopefully get one of you well get both of you guys are involved in is, is supporting some of the professionals through their career and um we've got some webinars coming through for um the culture health club the, the group of physios we've got eight we've got 80 members which is great and we're looking to grow to a 300 that's the aim by the end of this year and then we'd like to do kind of meetings where we talk about different professions and um, I want to try and get I want to open a, a clinic really so I'd like to open a clinic with physios uh, sports and exercise medicine consultants diabetes nurses workshops on health literacy financial literacy nutrition and also a crash in it so basically people can come for physio with a, and have a crash or come and use the, the space for group classes and that's that's the that's the kind of north star of where where this is going because i think having a location and different professionals under one roof um, and have it within the community and make it so that it's not it's not like i just want to make it like a health center like a optimum health center where everything is under one roof and you can be like okay cool i can see my gp i can see my physio i can see a personal trainer if i need to and people can come in there and actually go through a process of like i'm 16 but i want to be a physio maybe i need to do it under you know foundation degree and i can be a personal trainer while i do that then i can get support to do my physio degree get some work experience you know there you have this kind of like almost this kind of pyramid effect where people can come in start at the bottom and work their way up and and that's the same for the patients we want them to you know start with the gp then move on to the physio work with the personal trainer and then they just come in for their general classes and keep fit and everything's under one roof and it just means that they've got that that unified joined up care and is culturally proficient and culturally competent and yeah i think that's 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 the that's where we're going but you know there's lots to lots to do i think london select will hopefully be a big part of that having a running group and activity and club from there as well yeah trying to connect the dots yeah you, you really you summarize that quite nicely i was literally about to say you're you're trying to connect the dots that are relevant to the cultures you're trying to access you know you're, you're really trying to kind of plug the gaps plug the holes under one roof so that it not only gives them the opportunity to access the healthcare the healthcare that's kind of important to them but also becomes an environment and a space at which they feel um comfortable safe uh, within and and trust as, as we've sort of spoke about trust quite a lot it's, it sounds um it sounds amazing and I, we both i'm sure both of us would like to help in any way we can to you know deliver some uh, stuff to to your cultural health club and whatnot um hopefully we can you know even if we're just allies we'd love to help final thing um we ask this to everyone um a little bit slight slightly different i guess for the conversation we've had but where can people go to learn a little bit more about the things we've discussed today um and then also any relevant like material could be podcast books films whatever you know anything anything where people can go and access some stuff that, that might help them understand more how long have we got <laughs> yeah, yeah keep it brief because you, you like to waffle <laughs> i love to waffle um 
So uh, I'll keep it brief, really brief. Okay, so Cultural Health Club, just type that into Google. We've got a website, www.culturalhealthclub.com. In terms of equality and equity, there's a really good video on YouTube and it's called Allegories on Race and Racism by Dr. Kamara Jones. And a really good friend of mine called Stephanie Nixon has a video called The Coin Model of Privilege. And you can just type that into YouTube. Um, and she's got a really good explanation on different aspects of privilege and the intersections. I'd say those are the, those are the, oh, and Angela Saini, The Return of Race Science. Those are probably the best, the best kind of resources that provide some context. Yeah, what we'll what we'll do as well, we'll try and um, provide a, a more detailed resource list because I know you've referenced the future in the conversations that we've had. So if there are any any others that that come to you and feel like if someone's really looking to dive deep into it, um, we'll have a big more a more extensive list of that uh, of what you're discussing there. Um, Manny, it's been absolutely incredible talking to you today. Um, there's so much stuff that we could have carried on talking about i can talk to you all night um uh, thanks for coming on the show uh thanks for giving us some information there um i, I think i'm sure in the future we'll, we'll talk again uh, but yeah thanks so much for coming on thank you thanks for having me guys pleasure mate um looking forward to hopefully catching up with you in a in a post-covid world for a, a bevy or two so uh cheers mate thanks for coming on speak soon yeah but there's no there's no way i'm running with you because i can't keep up that was awesome wasn't it there's um i feel like i've just read an intense novel and i just need to go away and just digest it yeah what did you take from it ah oh, I, I mean I, I i try i try to write notes as i go because i think it's it's just a nice way to keep track of stuff and look back but i've got two pages of, of notes there's just so much there i mean he's just I feel like he's he's taken on so many things and, and absolutely smashing it in so many areas. These his running group, London Select, are providing opportunities for for black people to run. Um, his culture health club, uh, trying to improve access to healthcare and opportunities for for people in the BAME culture in healthcare. I just think the, the guy's just got a big big future ahead of him, um, and I'm privileged to have a front row seat. Really, um, I'm glad that that we happened to meet on that that placement all those years ago so yeah i'm just great to hear him talk he he's a really nice talker isn't he yeah i think um the thing i probably took away that i think i could eat i could i could do more of is trying to provide a springboard or a platform for people to achieve develop progress and not just kind of uh like actively going out and trying to sort of seek that you know and, and speak actively speak to those that you think could should could and should be applying for roles for instance within the organization we we work within and and the same for when you get students on placement or uh, students uh, visiting or whatnot and coming in for observation days you know actively you know really trying to give that springboard saying like you are you are really good and you've got really good ideas and actually you know empowering them to kind of really take that forward because it sounds like that can make a huge difference as well on top of all the other things we've spoken about yeah providing equity that's that, i think that's a great great thing to take away provide more equity to those that need it with equity not being just about um, having an opportunity but encouraging the opportunity you know providing that confidence boost that 
that I mean it it seems silly even referencing race in particular with that because I'm like that sometimes I need someone to say you know what you are good enough to go and do that you should go and do that role or go and apply for that role and and show them you're good enough so we all need it but there's there's perhaps that that ain't that bigger need in in certain cultures and certain individuals yeah definitely well I think that was great Um, I'm looking forward to our next episode Uh, and obviously taking this forwards and i'm sure we'll speak to manny again at some point so that was awesome yeah brilliant thanks for listening if you've enjoyed the show subscribe and give us a five star rating we'll keep bringing you the gold follow us on instagram at the.healthspace and for any questions or ideas for future content email us at thehealthspace.co at gmail.com